Well, praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I greet you in that wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. His name is above all other names, and we give him praise today. And I want to thank you for joining me for another episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, as you know, we've just completed a series entitled Operating in Authority. And today, we're starting a whole new series. In this series, it's entitled The Haves and the Have-Nots. No, we're not talking about money, but we're talking about a return to biblical Christianity. And you will learn more about this as you listen to this series. It's time for the church to rise and return to the foundations of the Word of God. Return to biblical Christianity. Don't forget to join us on Facebook. I would love to have you as my friend. Just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org or you can install the Kingdom Rock app. We'll be glad if you do. Just go to the Google Play Store or the iTunes Store and you'll find the Kingdom Rock app there absolutely free of charge. Come on and get the Word of God. Well, without any further ado, here comes part one of the series entitled The Have and the Have-Nots, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. All right, 2 Timothy, rather, uh, yes, 2 Timothy, the third chapter. Um, I'm going to read verses um, 1 through 5, then I'll give you our uh, title of this series, and we'll go further. Amen. And as always, I ask you to pray with me whenever we start a series, I'll ask you to pray with me, okay? And always come hungry for the word of the Lord. The distance of the series has to do with your hunger level. If you're hungry for it, he'll keep pouring it out. But when you begin to get sort of um, lackadaisical on it, he'll stop it. Okay, he'll stop it. Most times he will stop it. Sometimes he will overflow, but most times he will stop. All right, 2 Timothy, the third chapter says this. This also know. That in the last days, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own one. Selves, covetous, uh, boasterers, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. King James says unholy. uh, Without natural affection, truce, truce breakers, false accusers, um, incontent. Uh, fierce despisers of uh, despisers of those that are good traitors heady high-minded lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God verse 5 having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away help me pray father we thank you in Jesus name for this time this opportunity that you've given us Lord I pray that you would just speak through my mouth use my form to convey your message to your people in such a way that they may hear and understand lord i admit that i don't have it all i in the scheme of things i don't have any of it and lord i need you desperately so lord minister to your people today speak to them through me speak to them directly let your message come forth with healing and deliverance in jesus name let every heart say amen All right. Verse five says again, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. 
We're going to speak from the subject of the, the really the broad uh, subject this morning of the have and have nots. The have and have nots. That's the uh, title of the series, the have, the have and the have nots, uh, a return to biblical Christianity, a return to biblical Christianity. Now, when I talk about the have and have nots, really, it goes right there with verse number five, how in the last days there would be those that have a form of godliness, a form of godliness, the, the form, the outward appearance of godliness, but there is no power. There is no evidence that God is in the building, that God is in the house. Building as in brick and mortar and building as in flesh, there is no evidence that God is there. They'll have the outward appearance, but he's not there. Are you hearing? In the last days. Now, who has, who can we say, hmm, will have a form of godliness in this world? Hmm. Is it the man, is it those that are in the, uh, in the saloon or not saloon, but bars? No. Would we say those that are a form of godliness, um, maybe in a strip club? No, 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 no. Well, they have a form of godliness. You know, those who are really trying to portray God. You know, I'm God. You know, I'm God is with me. They, they have a form. Would we say that those are the ones that uh, are maybe um, uh, with alcohol and all that? We say, no. Those who would be portraying a form of godliness, where can we find them? In the church, in the local assembly, right? He said in the last days, there will be people within the church and most of the church, as we know today, I don't want to say most, but a great part of it has a form, but God's not in the building. Amen. Are you hearing? And there are, and I'm going to give you about maybe four or five different types of Christianity that is currently here with us on the globe. Those that have... Um, one has the form and the power. The others have a form, but no power. First type is biblical Christianity. We'll talk about that the most. Biblical Christianity. In other words, Christianity that is focused on the Bible. We can find it in the pages of the Bible, in the owner's manual. We do it by the book. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Biblical Christianity. Now, what is Christianity? What does it mean to be a Christian? Uh, now, if you ask the man on the street, what does it mean to be a Christian? Most would tell you, well, you have to be good. You, uh, you have to do good. Most of their definitions have nothing to do with Christ Amen. whatsoever. Amen. Being a Christian simply means to them living a good moral life, but it has nothing to do with Christ. In fact, the word Christian actually means being what? Christ-like, being like Christ. So when we talk about returning to biblical Christianity, that is being like Christ, doing what Christ did, walking like Christ, following his principles, his word, receiving what he said we could receive, do what he said that we could do, following him by the book and by the spirit. Are you hearing me? So, biblical Christianity. Now, there's also a Christianity called cultural Christianity. Cultural Christianity. Which means we follow Christ, you know, we're, we're, we're of Jesus, but when the world says cultural Christianity follows the patterns and dictates of the world system. 
The world says, well, it's all right. Um, uh, you know, you can have sexual relationship with somebody as long as you love them. It's all right to tell a lie, as long as it's a white lie. You know, it's, it's all right, you know, for you to do this. Christianity cultural, or rather cultural Christianity takes it dictates from the world system. Whatever the world system says, okay, then in the church, you'll find that they will make excuses for it and they will allow it to happen. Cultural Christianity. Cultural Christianity. They'll make excuses for God's word. Well, you know, well, that's not really the case, you know. Well, God didn't really mean that. Uh, he, this is what he actually meant. You understand? They don't take God's word as face value. They fit the word based on the culture. All right. Then there is a thing called passive Christianity, passive Christianity. These are the persons um, that, you know, will let things go and let them be. Don't want to hurt anybody. And rich is really also uh, almost the same as um, uh, inclusive Christianity. Everybody get into heaven. You know, you serve your God. I serve my God. We'll all get there. We'll all get there. You'll actually find some Christians in the local fellowship who don't really believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to make it there. That there is no other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. There are a lot, I'm telling you, a lot that don't really believe that Jesus is the only way. As a matter of fact, Oprah said that on her show many years ago. And many applauded and said, yes, that's right. That's not biblical Christianity. You understand what I'm saying to you? So we talk about a return to biblical Christianity. And then there is a, one thing I call the harlot church. The harlot church. It looks right. Oh, there's a big TV ministry. And there is a powerful word. And folk are falling out. And there's speaking engagements all around the world, but behind the curtains, the bishop is molesting the children. Harlot Christianity. Form. And it, you have to take a double take. Is that really? Is that really? A church that is grounded in, uh, in, in really sexuality. When people are coming to church to hook up, let me see who's there. Let me see who's there. When they're coming to church as a social gathering or trying to make another connection to, uh, to forward their business, my business will do better. So-and-so goes to that church, so I'm going to go over there and sit next to him so that, you know, we can uh, pass business cards. Has nothing to do with Jesus. Jesus becomes a product for sale. Now, I've shown you a video of some of the uh, reality shows that are now on, that are now on television. Yes, yes. Preachers, now on television, yes. in reality shows. Preachers' wives, reality shows. Yes. Preachers' daughters, reality shows. Yes. Now we're seeing the outcome. And one of those preachers, God bless him and God help him, the woman that he's staying with openly said on camera, before we have any more children, we've got to be married. I want you to marry me. Before, what? Pastor, what? 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 The lady tells you, before we have more children, let's be married? What? 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 Harlot church. 
has come away from the Bible, come away from the Spirit of God. Yes. Are you hearing? Yes. And what we'll find here that in many places, people will call themselves Christians, but they're really not. There are, there's a thing called false conversions where people will come up and they will say a prayer, say these magical words. <laughs> Repeat this after me. And they've left the altar the same way in which they came. No evidence, no proof that the spirit of God is within them. They say you can follow Jesus without really following Jesus. Come to the altar, say these words, say this prayer, and then Jesus is with you and you continue in your lifestyle the way you've been going, and now he's with you. There's no need really to change. I want you to be aware of what's happening right now. We're in this generation where there are people, now he's not talking about the world here, he's talking about those that are in the church and I want you to be aware of this, that you be not in this group. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let's go to 1 Peter. Let's go to 1 Peter. Let's go to 1 Peter. I've told you before, there are on many, many occasions, the message that goes over the pulpit has been tailored to draw in the masses. Things are left out of the message to make it more palatable, more palatable for the for the worshipers to come in. More palatable. And in other words, the preacher won't say something if he knows that it will offend the people. Because if the people get offended, they may not come back. And if the people don't come back, there's no money in the offering plate. And then if there's no money in the offering plate, I have to do something up. I won't be able to maintain my lavish lifestyle. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So for many, the message is tailored not to offend. But it, there were many times Jesus spoke and the people were offended in what he said. Return to biblical Christianity. Here's one particular case when the Lord Jesus was out ministering and you know this case, young rich ruler comes up to Jesus and says, good master, what must I do to be saved? Jesus said, well, you know the commandments, do this, do that, and the other. He said, well, all these things have I kept from my youth up. He said, but there's one thing you lack, getting right to the core of the issue. And he, the Bible says that Jesus looked at him and he loved him. He knew that what he was about to say was confrontational. And he knew that what he was about to say would cause that man to walk away. He said, sell all you have and give the proceeds of it to the poor. And come and follow me. And the man looked at him, bowed his head, and walked away. Notice what Jesus did not say after this. Oh, my goodness, Peter, Peter, come on, go get him and tell him we'll have a better service next week. Go, go tell him, go tell him it'll be better next week. It, it'll be better next week. Go, go tell him, you know, go somebody up. Uh, uh, John, go, go, go tell him, go tell him. Oh, you know, man, hey, 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 come on. We really need your money. Come on. Jesus didn't really mean that. No, man, you got, he got money. I know he rich. Come on, man. 
Jesus didn't really mean that. Come on back over here. Yeah, you don't see any of that. He gave the word. The man was offended. The man left. Nobody ran after him. Are you hearing? But what about his soul? Now it's time for the man to wrestle with the word of God that's been given to him. God spoke a word to him. And now there's a wrestling match. Now let the Lord deal with the man. If the Lord tells you to go, then go. But if he doesn't, let the Lord deal with the man. Let's not try to go and water it down so to make it more comfortable so that he'll come back again. Say with me, a return to biblical Christianity. I mean, many times the Lord was hard. Lord, I'll follow you, but let me go back and bury my father first. Let the dead bury the dead. He said, if you're not willing to leave everything and follow me, then you're, you're, you're not worthy of this. You don't, you don't want this. You can't follow me. If you're not willing to love everybody else in your life, if, um, if you're not willing to God to really to love God more in comparison to everybody else in your life, then you're not, you can't follow me. So over the years, we've seen that Christianity has been softened softened soft shh don't say so much don't preach so long you're too loud it's been shaped for man instead of shaped for God are you hearing So when we talk about the have and have nots, we're talking about those who have departed from the faith, who are still masquerading as Christ, but they're not as Christians, but they're not. And neither have they been. Are you hearing? All right. The have and have nots. Here are seven things I'm going to give you before we go further in the word. Here are seven things, seven things that the church is meant to have and meant to do, but they have not. In many cases, in many places, they have not. They stopped. You should have it, but they have not. So therefore we're talking about the have nots. You should have it, but you not have it. Does that make sense? Have nots. What should the seven things the church should have or should be observing? One, of course, is the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Oh, we don't want all that. Don't bring the Holy Spirit mess, mess, they say mess up in the church. Don't bring it on people shaking and speaking in tongues. We don't want that. We don't, we don't, we don't do that here. We're dignified. And so the Holy Spirit is left. We don't want him here. But everywhere in the scripture, we're going to look at many of these. We'll look at the Holy Spirit here today. Everywhere in scripture where the apostles have gone, and we'll see this, every time someone was converted, they were filled with the Spirit. So what is happening in today's church? You got to say, say this prayer, brother. All right, that's all you need to do. Second thing that many have departed from is water baptism. Many have stopped being baptized in water. Are you hearing? 
They were saved. They were baptized. And you would see them filled with the Holy Spirit. These are landmarks that many have forgotten, that many have stopped observing, saying, well, we don't really have to do that. We don't have to do that anymore. We don't really, you don't really need the Holy Spirit. You don't really need to pray in the Spirit. You don't really need to be baptized in water. But these are things that I see in the Word. Are you hearing? Third thing is attending church regularly, attending the fellowship regularly, and attending where God has you. You'll see that many have departed from that. I'm a Christian. Where you go to church? I go to so-and-so. I say, okay, well, who's the pastor? Um, um, I've heard this. I go there, but you don't know who the pastor is. Or oh, what time does service start? Um, um, but you go there. These are basic things. I didn't ask you what the address of the church is. Some people really flip out about that. I don't know the address. What the phone number? I don't really know the phone number either. I understand that. But you should know who the pastor is. You should know what time the service starts. So here again, what, what, what is the church producing? What is the church producing? We're giving people um, a set a say, say this prayer, which is good. There's nothing wrong with saying the prayer of salvation. But there should be some fruit after the prayer. So they're leaving the altar. They're not being baptized. They're not being filled with the Holy Spirit. What are we producing? Are you hearing? The next thing is in, uh, in giving in tithes and offerings. Giving in tithes and offerings. Many churches do not observe a tenth. They don't observe, really. They say, give, give, give. But even that has been perverted. I've told you, I've told you um, I think, uh, another Wednesday that there is another doctrine going around in the church where the, the, um, the church leaders are trying really to fleece the congregation for the tenth. The, the doctrine says that the sin in the garden was not so much that Adam disobeyed and, and ate the fruit, but the sin in the garden, they say, was that Adam took the tithe. They say that the, the garden, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they say that was God's tree, and Adam and Eve partook of something that belonged to God. That was the tithe, and if you don't tithe, God's going to cast you out of this and that too. Yes. You understand how crazy that sounds? How foolish that sounds? But again, it is a system, it has become a system of control. Yes, yes, yes. I want is, is where the church, church leaders here in that harlot church trying to bind you, to force you to give out of guilt and shame. And God does not want you to give out of guilt and shame, yes. out of necessity. Yes. Are you hearing? And so you have a people in bondage who, who, who say, I better give it or God going to kill me. God going to strike me down. The Lord loves what kind of a giver? A cheerful giver whose heart is in his giving. I tell you, if I, if I were to tell, if, if someone were to tell me, Pastor Stroud, you better kiss your wife every day. Well, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. And my wife hears that. It, it's different than if I just say, honey, look, I love you. Mm -hmm. 
That's one. Then the other, oh my God, if I don't kiss you today, someone gonna get me, someone gonna get me, you wanna get me. Same action, but the heart is different. We've talked about this before of the, of the wife that goes in and she prepares her husband food. <laughs> Got your eggs ready, honey. <laughs> Here you are. Oh, I love you. Eat up. <laughs> Mama in the kitchen, Dinah. Anyway, so that's one thing. Same egg, same plate of eggs. She can come in doing this. Here's your food. <laughs> Don't ask for nothing else. <laughs> same eggs, same plate. Right? But oh my God, is the heart different? So even in our giving, it's not biblical because God loves a cheerful giver. But now we have. Many have restrained or constrained the people. You better give. Many churches have come to collecting your W-2 and looking at your tax returns at the end of the year to make sure that you have done it right. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So it, it has become a money market scheme, money management scheme, enable, come into a system, really, and mammon is behind it all, that spirit of money trying to entangle you and ensnare you to turn you upside down and shake all the money out of your pockets. And so the preacher gets filthy rich by buying Lear jets and uh, living in fancy mansions and, and driving Bentleys and Ferraris and, and all these things. Why all the people lives in a one shack, but they're giving their tithe. Amen. 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 Something's wrong. Amen. I'm talking about the have and, and have nots. The fifth thing is that has been neglected is the study of the Bible. Ask the average Christian when you often when you when do you study your Bible? When you read your Bible. There has been a departure from the study of the word of God. Now, I'm not saying every day you're going to be in your Bible. Oh, in your Bible. But there needs to be a consistent time when you go before the Lord and seek him for the word. By and large, I do not see that. I do not see that in the church world today where we have a heart for the word. Can somebody say Amen. I should have put my app on my phone to give me some amens, but go in and help me out today. Amen. Are you hearing? Amen. The sixth thing is a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. Yes. Also biblical concepts. A set time or a special time. I'm not saying you have to do the same thing at the same time in the same place, but there needs to be a lifestyle of fasting. Sprinkled in with a rather lifestyle of prayer, sprinkled in with some fasting. Amen. Amen. I guess that knife is just getting, boy. That word, word just <laughs> praise Jesus. I'm not now. Listen, I'm not trying to to throw pebbles at anybody or rocks at anybody. I'm trying to throw a mountain at people. Pick up this mountain, whatever it would take to turn. Yes. Are you hearing me? Yes. 
The last thing is, oh my God, saving the best for last. Anybody want to know what the last thing is? One person. Thank you, Andrea. The last thing is a departure from a holy lifestyle. A departure from holiness. Departure from holiness. Of not feeding the flesh. A departure from holiness. Anything goes once the once we leave the congregation. Anything goes. We'll close the blinds. They don't see now. And as long as the people don't see. Y'all see me? As long as I'm not seen, I must be okay. But the Bible says even that after a while, what's done in dark will come to light. It will come to light. But here again, there's a departure from a life of holiness. I'm not saying that you're not going to trip and fall, but when you trip and fall, you dust yourself off and you get right back in the race. But the harlot church, not only did they fall, they put dirt on them. Rolled around in the mud quite a bit. Built a house in the mud. And then stand back and cast stones at you for not living right. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? A departure from holiness. A departure from honoring God. A departure from it. Anything goes as long as you don't know. Anything goes as long as I can have an appearance. Wear my big cross, carry my big Bible, have my Jesus t-shirt. What would Jesus do? He wouldn't act like the devil like you acting right now. That's what he would do. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? A departure from holiness. But it's time to get back to biblical Christianity. It's time to get back to the Bible. It's, It's time to have a holy lifestyle. It's time to have a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. It's time to study the word of God. It's time to give generously lavishly from the heart to God it is time to regularly attend church it is time to be baptized in water if you've never been baptized be baptized and it is shown up time to be filled with the Holy Spirit are you hearing what I'm saying might as well go to that first one being filled with the Holy Spirit the big problem that we have and we got to go further we're just just giving you an overview today I'm just just giving you an overview. The problem is when some give their lives, they say they give their lives to the Lord, they don't. And one of the proofs of a, of a true conversion is that their nature changes. I don't want to do that anymore. I used to do that, but I don't want to do that anymore. Now it becomes repulsive. And people look at you when you give them your testimony and you tell them what you used to do. And they say, what? You used to do that? I don't even see that on you. You used to do that? Really? I would never know you did something like that. Why? Because the true spirit of God has come inside. I've been changed. I've been renewed. I'm a new person. I am born again, reborn. I've been born twice. 
once from my mother's womb, once from the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. I am twice born. I am changed. I am a new creature. Hallelujah. Those old things have passed away. And behold, look, gaze at all things have become new. That's why you can't tell what I used to do, what I used to be, because a change has come. The Spirit of God has come in. But here are some that say, I've been saved, I've been renewed, I'm a Christian. And they find it difficult to live a godly life because God's not there. They've never been filled with the Spirit of God. Never been filled with the Spirit of God. If you've never been, and if you've never been filled with the Spirit of God, that means you don't have the helper actively helping you. Filled with the power of God. Now, that does not say that God has not given you the deposit of his spirit, the earnest of his spirit. And we'll be talking about that sometime if the Lord permits. But to be filled with the spirit is to, is to take him in, is to receive him as your own, is to yield to him. Are you hearing? And he gives you the power to do what you could not ordinarily do. That's why people that train dogs find it difficult to make the dog meow. It's not in him. It's not in him. Those that train lions find it difficult to make him eat salad. It's not in him. He's a carnivore. Give him some meat. Stick your foot over there. We'll see what happens. He's a carnivore. He wants meat. And if your nature has not been changed, you'll find it difficult to do what Jesus said do. And so because their nature has not been changed, they begin to water down the word because they can't do what God said do. And through their experience, they'll then begin to make excuses for the word of God. God didn't really mean that. He didn't really mean that. When the problem is that he did actually mean it and you were never filled with God's spirit. Are you hearing? So they can't do what God said do. When never, that was never the purpose. Go with me to, oh Lord, let's go to Acts, Acts 19. Acts 19, and we're getting ready to close out. We're getting ready to land this plane. Getting ready to land this plane. Acts 19, and we'll start, <clears throat> we'll start here. Acts 19. Now, last time, we talked about Philip, right? As a matter of fact... You can hold your finger there in Acts 19. Let's go over to Acts 8. Acts the 8th chapter. Acts 8th chapter. Last time we talked about Philip going into Samaria. How many of you remember that? Praise the Lord if you were here to hear that. Philip going to Samaria turned the whole place upside down. Let's start at verse number 12. Are you there? Acts 8. Verse 12 it says, But when they believed Philip, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were what? Baptized both men and women. Now, here again, you'll find this pattern. They believed and they were what? I want to let that really get in. Your, now, repentance is there because you're not, going to re, you're not going to repent until you believe. Okay, you're not going to turn until you believe. So, in believing, there is also repentance, a turning away. Okay, but here we see they believed and were what? Yeah. Say with me, believed, believed. and what? Yeah. Believe. believe and what? Yeah. Believe. believe 
and what? Baptized. Believe. Believe. Well, I'm gonna point to you. You say baptize, okay? Believe and baptize. believe. Baptize. Believe. Baptize. Believe. But believe and oh, I'm sorry. Just it just keep coming on me. They'll believe and they then they were what? But you'll know it, won't you? Believe and baptize. They go together. Biblical Christianity. Or let's let let's let's walk it down. Then Simon um, himself believed also, and he was what? Oh, you're reading with me. He believed as what? Believe as well, and he was what? Baptized. He continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles, signs which were done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Which accompany the presence of the Holy Spirit. All right. Uh, verse 14. Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John. Now why are they come down here? Why are the bishops coming down here? What's up? We, we got everything together. Because there is something else that is missing, something else that is needed. They believe they were baptized. And, and really, in a lot of churches, that's it. Believe, baptize. Hey, come and join the fellowship. Give your money. Give your money, join the programs. Believe, baptize, put your name on the roll, get involved in this group. Let's all be happy. Okay? But there is a third dimension to this. What is it? Why did Peter, why did Peter and John come down here? Verse 15 tells you, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might what? Receive the Holy Ghost. Verse 16, for as yet he was fallen upon none of them. Now that sounds like an issue, doesn't it? For as yet he was fallen on none of them. In other words, this, I, I hear a demand here. I, I hear worry or I hear an urgency here. They were, they were saved. They, now, these are Jewish people here. We haven't gone um, uh, to Cornelius' house. So, so far right now, this is the Jews. And uh, they believe they were baptized. So they believe that they should have the same experience as they did. Okay? He has he not, for as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only that they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 17, then laid their hands on them and they did what? Received the Holy Ghost. Isn't that something? They believed and they were what? Baptized and then they were what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. Or in this case, it says they received the Holy Ghost. Okay? But here again, most stop right there. You believe, baptize, there's no mention of Holy Spirit. But he's the one that you need to, to comfort you, to, to teach you, to train you, to empower you. He's the one that you'll need to lay hands on the sick and see the sick recover. He's the one you need to cast out them devils and demons, to get your heart right before the Lord. Are you, are you hearing me? Amen. Now let's go to our last scripture. Let's go back over to Acts 19, and we'll stop here today. So much more to show you. I want to show you the urgency we're just talking about the first have not in the church. The first have not in the church right now is the Holy Spirit. And in biblical Christianity, he's there. He was there from the very beginning of everything. 
He was there. Darkness covered the, the face of the earth, and the Holy Spirit hovered over the face of the waters. He's there. He was there with the kings of old, and David and Moses. He was a shining on Moses' face. The spirit that was upon Moses, Moses couldn't handle it, so he had to put his spirit on other men, the elders of Israel, so he could uh, really run the thing or keep the thing going. Are you with me? The Holy Spirit was there through it all. And even we see at the beginning of the Lord Jesus' ministry, who shows up? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And he tells, the Holy Spirit is so important that he tells the disciples, don't y'all leave here. I know you got my name, you got my authority, but don't you leave and don't you start ministry until he comes. Day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit at the birth of the church. And so we see here that here are new lives forming, new lives. The, the, here's a new, uh, a new species of being, new creations. The church, we're born of God. And who shows up? The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. Are you hearing me? But now we're turning people out of church. What kind of disciples are we making? We're making powerless disciples. We're not telling them be filled with the Holy Spirit, okay, you've been saved? Yeah, you have? Yes, I've received Jesus, okay? Let's get baptized. Okay, okay, I'm getting baptized. What's next? Let's pray that you be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Return to biblical Christianity. I, want you, I don't want you to hear me. I want you to see what's written in the book. Does that make sense? Let's go to the last one, Acts 19. Acts 19. And this will also show you some of the urgency here. Now, we can keep on going, but just... Acts 19, are you, are you with me? And it says, and it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, uh, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. He said unto them, what? Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto them, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. He said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Then, uh, then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him, which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were what? Baptized. They believed, obviously believed on Jesus. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. In verse 6, and when Paul had um, laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about 12. Okay, he found certain disciples, disciples of John, obviously. He said, okay, well, Jesus has come. He has? Yes. Okay, we believe in Jesus. What's next? What's after believing? Baptism. What's after baptism? Filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, it is not always this pattern. Uh, when when um, I believe Peter went down to Joppa to Cornelius' house, as he was preaching, they believed, and the Holy Ghost came. He came. Then I'm sure after that, they were baptized. So you will see the order, but there's always believing. There's always that baptism in water, and there's always a baptism in spirit as it talks about biblical Christianity. 
Are you hearing? People say, well, do I have to be baptized? Do I have to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Do I have to go to church? Do I have to pray? All this having stuff. Really, you just showing uh, that you really don't know him. It's like saying, do I have to kiss my wife? Do I have to give my children something to eat? Do I have to take care of them? Well, do you have to breathe? Some things you should just want to do because of the relationship. And if we keep button, I would do it, but, but, but. See, that's showing your nature. You're a goat, not a sheep. You should, Jesus was baptized. And the Holy Spirit came upon him. Are you hearing? So don't go, I don't want you to go through life, but now I got but, I got but, but, but you just say yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. But if you find it hard to say yes, Lord, let's go back to the beginning. Have you truly believed? There should be a yes in you for everything that, that relates to the father. There should be a yes. There should be a constant yes, constant yes, a constant yes. We may say, oh, Lord, I, I got some issues with this flesh. All right, well, then the Holy Spirit will help you to mortify the deeds of your flesh so that you will live. He'll help you to take care of that. So I say a return to biblical Christianity. So today we've got an overview of that, and I pray that you have a better idea as to what biblical Christianity is and as to what it is not in a small portion of the role of the Holy Spirit. And we will do some more work in the area um, next week, the Lord willing. But I want you to, to get here again. I want to bring it in such a way that it is in your face. Is it in your face? Ask your neighbor, is it in your face? Now, there's very little we can do about this apart from the Holy Spirit. You can be religious and just say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do better. I'm going to do better. I'm going to stop this and I'm going to stop that. The problem with that is there is I all in it. Amen. And as long as I is all in it, you may do it for a while, but you're going to fall right on down. You need the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 He'll change you from a cat to a lion. Amen. Amen. He'll give you new nature and a new mind. So right now, in Jesus' name, what we're going to do, we're going to pray. Everybody, please um, just be prayerful with me. If you can stand, stand. First of all, we want to ask if there's someone in the house of God today, someone here that does not know the Lord Jesus, well, then for you, the party hasn't begun yet. We want you to get to know the Lord. So we're going to pray a prayer together, and you bring your belief with you. And we believe and know that the Lord will truly convert you, and it really begins. Or you can believe in the Lord right where you are. Go ahead and play something soft, please, Jasmine. Or if you're in this place today and you never been, you say, I've never been baptized, and I want to be baptized. I want to return to biblical Christianity. I know I need to be baptized. Then I'll ask you to come on up in Jesus' mighty name, and we will make room. We will make arrangements for you to be baptized in Jesus' name.
just come on and stand right up here um, to my right, to your left. We'll make room for you to be baptized. If you say, um, I've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. I've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. Then today, under the unction and power and presence of the Holy Spirit, we're going to lay hands on you that you might receive the Holy Spirit. Biblical Christianity, the apostles laid hands on them. Now, it's not always necessary to lay hands. It wasn't at Cornelius' house. Uh, Peter didn't touch anybody. But the Holy Ghost came. You can receive the Holy Spirit in your bedroom <clears throat> as you seek after him. But in the order of the scripture, I want to lay my hands upon you that you will receive the Holy Spirit. We're going to believe that you receive. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.